This is JU Israel Teachers Lounge, where we reach out to current Gap Year students, alumni, and any interested listeners, keeping you connected to what's happening in Israel and giving you insight behind the headlines. I am your host, Senior JU Israel Educator Michael Unterberg, and today joined as always by co-host and Director of JU Israel, Alan Goldman. How are you, Alan? Doing okay, Mike. All right. That didn't sound entirely sincere, but we'll move well, on. Well, it is a fast day. That's true. Yeah, but it's a pretty short one. It, yeah. it, it is a sad one, as are most of them. And today we, <laughs> we are also joined by Israel educator and producer Matt Littman. How's it going, Matt? It's going very well, but I must admit, having not had a cup of coffee this morning, I'm a little cranky, so I apologize in advance. I kind of forgot that it was a fest. Oh, oh so you had your coffee. No, awesome. I didn't oh, eat or drink. So started beds with you. No, no, I just oh. didn't eat or drink. Oh. Uh, I just... I wish I'd forgotten until I'd had my coffee. No, I, I feel a little guilty that I am acting like it's a normal day. But when did you remember? I don't know. No, when I went downstairs, I didn't have my coffee. And then I was like, all right, it's a fast day. So that's it. I just haven't been thinking about it at all. It's been out of okay. my, I don't know. What has been in your mind this week, Michael? Good segue. Yeah, good segue. We're taking too long to get to the topic. Today, we wanted to cover a couple of stories we did not want to cover the weird newspaper back and forth about Airbnb because I don't know what that was. But we did want to talk about Australia recognizing West Jerusalem in particular as Israel's capital. And we wanted to talk about, in the wake of recent terror attacks on Israelis, some particularly awful ones, uh, Israel is now talking about retroactively allowing some new outposts in the West Bank to be legal. So, Matt, can you uh, fill us in a little bit on the Australia story? Okay, so in the last few months, there were noises coming out of Australia that they were considering moving their embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem in the same way that the uh, the Americans did. Um, and some people were saying, oh, this is just part of like an internal politi- political dispute. It's politicking it's for various reasons. Which are very chaotic the politics in Australia over the yes, last... Yeah, that is true. We thought we had craziness going on here, but it's even crazier there. Um, so basically what happened in the end was they came out with a statement this week, or the end of last week, recognizing West Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, saying that all the government institutions of Israel are based in Jerusalem, so therefore it must be the capital. Um, the Australians are going to move, I believe it's the trade and tourism offices from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, but they stopped short of moving the embassy fully to Jerusalem. In fact, the embassy is going to remain in Tel Aviv um, until there is a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. So (laughs) I guess I've got a long time to drop the plans for that probably. And then at that point, they will uh, move the embassy to West Jerusalem after this peace agreement is is signed. And East Jerusalem will be the capital of uh, whatever Palestinian entity may or may not result as uh, of these, of this peace deal. Um, the response from Jerusalem has been lukewarm from the government of Israel, saying, well, we expected more. We expected a full recognition of a unified capital as Jerusalem being the unified capital. What is this nonsense in their eyes of East Jerusalem being recognized as the Palestinian capital? Um, we're glad that they recognize it, but we also want wanted more. Um, and why isn't the embassy being moved? So You did get the impression that Bibi thought he was going to have a huge score here, you know, uh, and impress his 
voters that he managed to get another country to embrace Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And what he got was something much more... I think most people thought that's what was happening. The yeah. noises coming out of Australia were indicative of that. I know, but when but, noises come from Australia, they usually say like might and things like that, and they're hard to understand. shrimp on the bar, eh? Yeah. Also, there's the the most people don't don't pay attention to the nuances, mm-hmm. and in fact, this is uh, can be viewed as not a win, but actually a loss for BB mm-hmm. in a huge way by recognizing mm-hmm. uh, only West Jerusalem and making a specific statement about West Jerusalem versus East Jerusalem actually uproots fundamental. Um, Israeli principle that Jerusalem is united as is the united capital. It's a basic law. We talked in the past about what are basic laws. It's a basic law in the in Israel's um, pseudo constitution that Jerusalem is the united capital. Jerusalem United is the capital. Right now, uh, Omer did put some sort of shared sovereignty up for up for discussion in two thousand eight. So it's not it's not like yeah, but it's discussion. It wasn't declarations. No, it wasn't right. anything. It was you know let's right. talk. And okay. BB has never indicated any interest in doing anything like that. And so this and the vast majority of Israelis also see Jerusalem as united. Right. Um, Although they, many, again, in other words, again, now it is. Some are yeah. willing to consider. Right. In a two state solution, we would be willing to offer it. But I, what I have some discussion what that may look like and what that may mean. But for a country that you're that you are uh, which, which sort of lobbying to make a very specific political statement, makes a statement that is actually goes against your interests, I think, actually. Well, what it does day. is it does sort of a reverse of what America did to a certain extent. What America right. did was BB claimed, and I think even Trump claimed, that we're now taking Jerusalem off the table. Trump definitely claimed this. Yeah. Now we're taking Jerusalem off the table. That's not part of the conversation anymore. What Australia is saying is, Okay, let's take it off the table. East Jerusalem goes to Arabs and West Jerusalem goes to Israel. That's the end of the conversation. So it's exactly like a it's like a, a an equal and opposite reaction. The United States statement and moving of the embassy left East Jerusalem status fairly vague. It said it makes no commitment to the future status of East Jerusalem, indicating that a sort of an Israeli consensus opinion. The Australia statement is not an Israel consensus statement at all correct so the push for bb to change the status quo here i guess didn't go so well like uh, i don't uh, i don't know what happened in that intervening period because it seems to be that again as you said what bb was expecting and what came out were two very different things now he's not the sort of person who seems to be easily misled so uh was he into the direct communication or was it through I, I, the diplomatic no, core, I, which is which is I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't he also the foreign minister at the moment? So, um, well, yeah, good, good so, call. So, so you, you would think that he should have. <laughs> he may have been busy with the North as defense minister, oh. or with <laughs> the measles outbreak as the health minister, right. or <laughs> which I mean, honestly, this is why that's a bad idea. Yeah. Like that's a lot of balls in the air, and you don't want to, you know. And what felt like was coming in as a success turned out actually be somewhat problematic from BB's perspective. Probably would be good to have a team working on each of these with a full... <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's amazing. I, I, and I sort of feel like what Australia is trying to do is say, we, we are going to defend the international consensus. Yes, Israel absolutely has a right to feel secure in its borders. And we absolutely will raise the game and make things better for Israel by establishing 
that we see Jerusalem as its capital to make you feel more confident that we're not trying to undermine you or your claim to sovereignty. But we are going to reassert our commitment to the two-state solution, which, again, has no real possibility of happening in the near future. But the Australia statement is essentially a statement of commitment that we're we're committed to making that happen. So uh, can I throw in a... a I'm going to try and make this into a question. But if it's not a question, make, just comment on it anyway. A couple weeks ago, okay. when, when Mike, you sprained your ankle, yeah, um, we were with a group of students up on a on a hill called Givatamatos, mm-hmm. and yesterday we had other students up there, Airplane Hill, um, yeah, Airplane Hill, that that up there, which sits on the um, uh, sort of southern side of Jerusalem, just over the Green Line. Mm-hmm. But really, the point of going up there was because it's a great outlook of just West Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. That you look at West Jerusalem. Um, which do, which we are really focusing on those Western neighborhoods, which was the 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 city up until 1967, which is the 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 part that was declared the state of Israel. Right. I mean, sorry, the capital of the state of Israel. Yeah. And we ask our students this question: You know, would this be enough? Would Would you be satisfied with a Jerusalem that was just West Jerusalem? You got the Malchamal, so that's good, mm-hmm. right? You get the you get the the bus well, from, station and the at, new train station. From that vantage point, you don't have a good view. It's just a little bit north of Gilo, right. and you don't really have a good view of the old city, or right. never mind the Jewish quarter. You don't even see the glowing dome, you know, right. of the rocks. So, it's it's modern Jerusalem, right? Modern Western Jerusalem. Yeah, and it gives it gives the students, you know, is this? They have to sort of filter your question through. Well, is this what I picture when I picture Jerusalem? Exactly. And and is that is that what we're talking about when we think Jerusalem and when Jews throughout the ages have thought you know by the way until like Jerusalem. the 1880s <laughs> I mean we yeah. we I mean we live in this in this in the country where there's a Jerusalem of how many people I mean it's it's a Israel's, million. It's, it's Israel's, Israel's biggest city biggest yeah. city it's a and it, poorest for the I Middle think. East it's a pretty you know decently sized metropolis but yeah. until the late 19th century Jerusalem was the old city that was it. Right, everything. All the growth has been since then. Right, like Yemen Moshe and places like that came. Well, that's where it first oh, started. Yeah, yeah. which it, now is very different from being the workers' home. Well, it does. It does turn out that Zionism does transform. Did transform this land very significantly. Right. So, you know. So, so would we? You know, I'm like, yes. If like, just say for there was real peace. Yeah. Would you guys be happy with that? No. Be happy with what? West Jerusalem as Israel's capital, giving that, giving East Jerusalem and, and in particular the West old Jerusalem city, and Al Quds is that's the that yeah. to me that's the issue. In other words, it, I, I don't see how you how you can. I just don't. It just doesn't make sense to yeah. me. But I that's mean, the old city. In other words, right. the old city has its own rules. If you want to Sheikh Jarrah or you know name your East Jerusalem right. neighborhood, you want to say, well, we'll have to arabify that that's a different story yes that that would have less of a problem with it's that old city it's that emblem it's that icon it's 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 the root of the jewish people that i would i don't understand how anybody could say okay we'll have a capital city but without that well omer raised this weird idea uh like the un in 47 raised this idea of international city yeah and omer raised this weird idea in 2008 of some sort of shared sovereignty right which uh, both ideas don't mean anything they're just concepts Right. Um, as a way to get around it, that's that, and that. I, if I remember correctly, most Israelis were not were not comfortable with that idea. 
Well, because of it also even sounds, sharing sovereignty with the also. right, because that sounds like a kind of submission that you're giving something up, and because you've gone from full control to sort of chetzi control, right, or half control, so that smacks of giving something, up something weird, yeah. yeah. And we have to remember the word sionut was not, uh, you know, a um, a guess, uh, not a guess. It was not a uh, you know a random word that was chosen. No, Zion means Zion is the hill, one so, of Jerusalem's right, hills, right? And it means it means Jerusalem really. It came uh, to mean the whole you know? city of Jerusalem, yeah. yeah. And so it, it, and, it is and a fundamental. When when uh, Ben Gurion's military advisors said to him in in you know before May fourteenth, when the when the local Palestinian Arabs were fighting a civil war with the local Palestinian Jews before the state was declared, they besieged Jerusalem, and many of his military advisors said, "Fine, we'll 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 uh, what's the word? We'll retreat from Jerusalem." We'll take up the West Coast, and the uh, the West Coast will yeah. be the Jewish state. And Ben Gurion said, yeah. "I can't. I mean, that's more along partition. What the partition plan? More or less what the what yeah. the UN had laid out. And they said, yeah. we'll just take that state and make that our state. And yeah. we weren't going to get Jerusalem in the state. And and Ben Gurion said, if if basically if we were if all both sides were taking the partition plan and Jerusalem was international, we could live with that. But if they haven't accepted it and they're trying to drive us into the sea." I can't imagine a Jewish state without Jerusalem. It's Zionism, and we can't do that. Right. And and the resources and lives and costs expended to keep Jerusalem west that West Jerusalem is part of Israel, were and it, enormous at that right. time. And they chose to make it the capital. There was never a question that that would not be the capital. Meeting. Yeah, there was never you know a discussion. Would it be Tel Aviv or anywhere else? Ben Gurion was, was not doing it yeah. because it was the religious center of the Jewish faith. Right. He was doing it because it was the eternal capital, the only nation on earth that has ever made Jerusalem its capital. Are the Jews? Right. So can we? I would like to go into that with you just for a minute, a yeah. little bit deeper, because um, yesterday we had a Palestinian speaker at another school, mm-hmm. and he asked the students. Um, to vote on was Jerusalem the center of the Jewish people? Of the or, Jewish faith? Or, or right. Or for 3,000 years, has it the been the center, center of the Jewish exactly. faith? Or for 3,000 years, has it been the capital of the Jewish yes, people? Yes, he, right. he, he pulled the, the same speaker, pulled, pulled the same uh, right. rabbit out of the hat, I guess. And how did most of your three, students ask? That's his new shtick. Last week, yeah. How did your students ask? How did they answer most? I mean, we let him say what he wants to say, so that and then afterwards yeah. we debrief right. with the students. Most of them said the Jewish faith. The uh, vast majority, said vast Jewish majority, faith. vast majority of Jewish faith. So this is something we try and address in a class, yeah. which is what what is he doing there and manipulating beautifully, beautifully, and what they don't understand even now at this point in the in the we batted in their heads that. We're we a haven't people, done we're a nation. We haven't explained Jerusalem yet from a Zionist. But they, and they haven't made that link between we're That's not right. a nation, we're That's a nation right. with a culture which is religious, That's right. as opposed to being a faith. So he was basically saying to them, "So what do you care about sovereignty? As long as you have your holy sites and it's a religious place, first of all, you don't even need to live in Israel. You can visit Jerusalem anytime you want. It's not it's not integral. And the idea that you have to have your capital here is that's Zionism." And Zionism is artificial, and it's a 19th century creation. And it really doesn't have to do with the history of this region, which is Jews, Christians, and Muslims living together peacefully. It's Zionism that's the problem, this nationalist idea. And one of the students in question— Which is foreign to Judaism, he wanted to argue. Yeah, yeah. That's a new concept invented. It never was true. They're never—he asked them—well, he did get a little stuck on his own petard when he asked them, is this the first Jewish state? And most of them said no. He said, what do you mean? They were like, well, King David, that that's a kingdom, is a kind of state. And he was 
He didn't have room to wiggle out of that. Right. But he was basically trying to maneuver them away from the Ben-Gurion mindset, which is this is the capital of our nation. This is the capital of the state, the nation state of the Jews is always Jerusalem. So so how is it that that for, I mean, he, he does have a point that for a few thousand years, it hasn't been the political capital. So how do you— It's a great point. And, and basically what he's saying is there's no such thing as a diaspora people retaining national identity and territorial integrity. And historically, he is 99.9% correct. There is one exception. The Jewish people made a claim in the 19th century that we, are, we have survived our diaspora and we are going to rebuild, and that is our right. And the world could have turned to us and said, no, it's not. When the Romans conquered it, you were that done. was the end of you. But they didn't. They turned to us and they said, and this is what Herzl was working on so desperately. And eventually it happened in 1917 with Balfour, in 1922 with the League of Nations, in 1947 with the United Nations where they said, no, 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 actually. I, I would even say 1937. Is, 1937 with the Peel Commission. Commission. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's again Great Britain. Yeah, but that, well, they were the, they were the ones who were correct. managing it for the world, and correct. that was their that was their proposal that, as the representative of the world at that point. Let's say you, uh, so the argument could have been made to us. Listen, it's like it's lovely that you guys have retained your faith, and you can continue with your faith in your imaginary Jerusalem, but actual on earth stuff is no longer applies to you. You're just a religion, but they didn't. Right. They didn't. So that international consensus is something that our speaker was trying to undermine. But that our... also would apply not just to the status of Jerusalem. That would also stay, apply to the status of the whole country. Of course. Um, and, and that's something which I try and stress to my students. The reason that, pro the reason that people have such a problem with it is because it's just unheard of. Yeah. So if you don't have a, a reference point or a similar example, of course you're going to say, oh, this just is, is an anomaly that doesn't make sense. Um, or you compare it to colonialism, which is— Which does work. <laughs> or apartheid, which they go, well, I guess it's like that. But it isn't. Right. No. It's something other than those things. Because that brings us, I think, into, segues into our next exactly. topic, which is the res response to the terrorist attacks, which there's a, there was a, rule, a law that was um, shot down uh, by the Supreme Court, and they're trying to redo the law now, which is called the Regulations Law Number 2, which means that all communities— Built in the in the what Israel considers to be the West Bank, so that means it's not not Jerusalem, but over the Green Line, but not in Jerusalem, on state land, meaning land that's not owned uh, or clearly owned by uh, not owned by Palestinians, but on state land, even though the government hasn't pre-approved building that community, will now retroactively become a legitimate Israeli community. Again, not we're not talking about in the eyes of the international world because most of the international world doesn't recognize anything built right. over the Green Line. And we're not talking about taking away ownership from right. Palestinians. Right. But this is people who decide to go to up to land that is uh, is owned by the state, meaning it's, there's no private owner of it, so therefore Israel controls it, Built put some caravans up there or build some houses, and... They never got proper um, sort of better to ask benefits. for forgiveness than ask for permission exactly. to go up and build. And now the state's going to say, "Well, because of this this uptick in terrorism, we're going to retroactively approve those buildings. We're going to pass this law, yeah, and then they'll become, and then they'll be able to recognize. And we're going to pass the law because of the the, the politics involved and in playing to your right. And but even then, most think that the the Supreme Court will shut it down. The truth is the last law, it wasn't only that the Supreme Court shut it down, 
the attorney general who was appointed by the government by Netanyahu would not defend the law. He thought it was not a— Yeah, he's also not so, defending another law that they're yeah. trying to pass now, which is internal displacement of the families of terrorists right. Right, to different areas within the West Bank. Right. Which comes off of the destroying their homes and then right. well, the, the, the families' homes. The head of the Shin Bet was quoted as saying, well, what do you want to—the security services was quoted as saying, well, if you want us to remove people from their homes— what do you want us to do with them afterwards? You want us to leave them in the middle of the street? Like, where are we supposed to put them? So, so right. So, so, so the distinction question is: Is there a distinction between Jerusalem and the rest of the West Bank? A and uh, and B. Um, what uh, what is it? Well, let's put aside the politics for a second. Of is this really going to yeah. help reduce terrorism, yeah, yeah, exactly. or is this just well, is BB it, is afraid of looking weak, so he wants to? Well, is that the goal to reduce terrorism, or is it to be punitive towards terrorists? I'm talking about. Well, what's one? the point of being punitive? Which one are you talking about. I'm talking about the retroactively the granting the settlement. Oh. The settlement. I don't understand. No, I think to try how to you get it. from A to B. That's right. what I don't understand. You get A, you get terrorism. Right. So as a result of terrorism, we're going to retroactively legalize. Settlements. Right. I, I just don't understand. It's I, just playing. To well, your, the logic is politics. no. The no. Well, the the purported logic, and it, there is a logic to it, which is, if you're trying to reduce Jewish settlement, we right. will increase Jewish settlement. Your goal is to push us out. We're going to dig in deeper. But they're there anyway. So, but now it's going to be by force of law, and there'll be it'll be more solidly rooted. Uh, by the way, we should point out that all of those settlements we're talking about get their electricity, water, infrastructure from the government of well, Israel, that's security. I, well, that's yeah, what I understand that, so. the practical. So it's one of well, the question is to for, to you know to Hamas or Islamic Jihad or whoever's coordinating these terrorists is that distinction going to be a, a heavy price for them to pay? Probably not. No, they don't care. To the right wing Israeli voter, will that be something that they say yay, and now uh, I feel better? Probably. But, but, probably. What, but what's the distinction? Distinction between Jerusalem, the, well, what we just were discussing about you know, Jerusalem it comes, it comes and the rest back to, of what we would call the territories or the occupied territories of the West it's Bank. It's funny. What, or Judah, Samaria, whatever. What did Australia do? Australia said, look, <laughs> I, I assume that the leaders of Australia are not stupid. They know that it's impractical to expect a two-state solution any time in the foreseeable future. I think what they're saying is, so we will do the things that will make it what will move that process forward so that when circumstances change it to allow it, it'll be able to move forward. To a certain extent, isn't that what Bibi is doing and 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 his government? They're saying, look, we don't think there will be a two-state solution. We are going to take the steps to make the West Bank as Jewish as it can possibly be so that whatever happens next, and we don't know what that is. In other words, Australia says, we think there'll be a two-state solution. When, how, we don't know. But let's already take the steps to work on that before it clicks in. What I think Bibi's doing is he's saying, we don't think there'll be a two-state solution. How can we make the West Bank as Jewish as possible? And what will that be in the future? I don't know. But let's have it as Jewish as possible for that next step. So you're saying it's a struggle now between those who believe in two-state solutions still and those who don't you think? I don't think want. Yeah, I think it's one side saying, we don't know how there's going to be a two-state solution. And the other side saying, well, we don't know what's next, but it won't be a two-state solution. And for whatever that stage is, we want the West Bank. Well, and, and our Palestinian speaker last night said very clearly yeah, that this two-state two solution is is dead. It's been dead right. for uh, over a decade now. And so he personally says um, for him that 
the only solution then is to give us all equal rights as citizens under the law. You want yep. to call yourselves Israel? Call yourselves Israel. I don't care. Annex it. Make, Annex it, it, make it. Make it, it, it in. Yeah, make it part of the Jewish state and give us all, give us all the vote so that you'll have about, let's say, 7 million Jews, 7 million Arabs living in one country and make it an equal democracy, and then we'll see how long we'll call it Jewish. And through that, he, he wants to say, who does the two-state solution really serve? It actually really serves the Jews, yeah, not the Palestinians. Well, that's why people like Ariel Sharon and other people wanted it, because not because Sharon was a, a dove, but because he felt that was the only way to protect the integrity of a Jewish democracy, was to have a clear Jewish majority in a clearly defined Jewish state, mm-hmm. meaning it couldn't include all the Arabs of the West Bank and Gaza. But I, I assume... That people on the right, I assume that BB and Likudniks are saying, well, no, that won't happen either. There'll be something else that happens in the future. What will that be? I don't know. I mean, I, I have heard some uh, a, another speaker, and I'll, I won't mention his name. He probably doesn't care that we do, but someone from the right yeah. wing from the settler movement who said very clearly, we'll give them residency like to the Arabs of Jerusalem, like our speaker last night. Our speaker last night is a is a resident of Jerusalem. He's not but an Israeli citizen. But they were also citizen. offered citizenship. Well, they were offered to apply for it. Right. Apply for it. That wasn't automatic. It wasn't like in the Golan where they were made citizens. Right. These guys were offered the ability to apply for it. And some did. Some And when they applied, they got it. Right. Some, well, some, didn't. We some right-wing people say, I'm okay with that. Yeah. With it is essentially a apartheid state. In other words, you'll all live in one big country. And depending on your ethnic background, will we'll determine what your legal status well, ethnic is. Ethnic and geographic. Right. It's not right. just ethnic, right? Right. Because if you're an Arab in the West Bank, you have a different legal status than an Arab in Haifa. Even right. if you're like first cousins or something. Which yeah, is, which I don't yeah. even know how you maintain that as they begin to travel and marry and family. And they can, and if they're residents, so they can live in. They could, if they're residents, supposed to, residents can they, travel they, wherever from they anywhere. Want. Well, and the theoretically speaker, live wherever they want. Right, the speaker that you're referring Unless to. Unless you say they can't. He, live he they also want. said there's issues when you have couples that want to get married. Yeah. The one carries an Israeli ID and one doesn't, and. There's all sorts of questions about how. There's not a question. They can't. A West, the West Bank spouse cannot travel. Well, so the question is whether the you Israel want to start citizen with has that to go to the West Bank uh, process and he's before. Yeah, he says an issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do want to. Oh yeah, he says it's an issue that somebody has a good match for you, but you're like, well, where's this going to go if we can't live together because we can't get across to the. Well, no, right. they can go to the West Bank. Uh, not a Jerusalem resident. Mm. A Jerusalem resident, if he leaves Jerusalem or she leaves Jerusalem, then they uh, then they they lose their residency. Right. So therefore, yeah, but they can do that. Right. But then they get. But then they become. They they no longer have residency. So they lose all the benefits of residency. Right. Um, uh, as opposed to an Israeli Arab who could go to the West Bank and can, and would retain their their Israeli citizenship. Yeah. Well, welcome so, to the chaos. I mean, this is, is everybody really... confused now because yeah. you should be because this is part. This is a big part of the problem. Yeah. Um, and, and so then, well, then when you say that, okay, well, we'll change the status, but we won't do it. Well, what does that mean? Um, and so what we have and, is we have, we have, we have ideas that are principles to us that are basic. You know, somebody once told me when you're, when you're looking, you're talking about, you know, uh, marriage and couples in the Arab world, but somebody once told me that a good idea is to have a list of what you're looking for in a spouse, have a whole list of things, but make a line the things that you must have, and then the things that you would like. You know, like for me, that my wife would have to like Star Trek would be in the must-have, you know, and like, I don't You know. watched Diner too many times before you got married, didn't you, before you were dating? I've never seen that movie. Oh, really? But, yeah. You never Sorry. saw Diner? Have I disappointed you? Yes, actually. I've never seen it, but I'm much younger than you guys. Really? So maybe that's why. Yeah, I never saw it. 
I'm like shocked. All right. Anyway, but oh, you see, you're such a movie person. But like I if you said person. to me, I would be like, oh, okay. What well, you know? I don't For our know. next faculty bonding yom kef, <laughs> we will have a screening of the diner. <laughs> Uh, but but Not the diner just diner. But when it, and when it comes to Zionism, you have to make a similar list. In other words, if you're talking about Jerusalem as the capital, maybe that's on a. I cannot sacrifice that. What about Hebron? Right. And what, what about, about Hebron? What about Beit Lechem? What, what about, about Ramallah? And what about Shechem? Which right. Nablus? And what's the difference? So we we really got we've gotten the distinction. Okay, what about the Arabs there? But what about for us? What's the distinction? Well, I think part of the uh, distinction comes to geographic and demographic as well as and security considerations, all of those things together. So you think about Jerusalem. Right now, Jerusalem, there is a West Jerusalem and there's also within East Jerusalem, the Old City, whatever, there's a the, there's a Jewish presence and there's a Jewish control over it. But if you go to somewhere like Nablus, there's not, right? So, But part of it is also, part of Zionism is also the reclamation of our historical homeland so that the idea of giving up on Shechem and Beit El and Elon Moreh and Hebron, which was Jewish long before Jerusalem was. Right. Uh, these are tricky ideas. that, And that is also a factor that people weigh. And you can say, well, they shouldn't, but they do. And, you know, your argument to Ben-Gurion, that, therefore, by that logic, should have been, let's evacuate Jerusalem and hand it over. I'm not saying personally. I'm saying right. I think that that's a factor when people consider it. A hundred percent. Why does every Jew who comes from Chuzlaret, come to visit Jerusalem and the Kotel, but most don't go to Hebron. Because they're concerned about security. Okay, so the, do, do you see my and the point? Is no, less. No. And the connection is less. And the connection is I, less. I'm right. not, but if you, but if you yeah, say the only sure. considerations... I'm not saying the only consideration, but I'm right. saying a, a key consideration in all well, of this. Well, is 150,000 Arabs and how many, how many Arabs? What? And like uh, 800 what? Jews or something? Yeah, something like that. No, uh, yeah, something a little uh, bit. Just the math is daunting in mm-hmm. terms of how would you make that a Jewish city? So to me that that's... But, but the history is still relevant. And, and the question is... I'm not I, discounting the history, but I'm yeah. saying in the modern day pragmatism, that's something which people consider. Yeah. I think to me what, what, where the conflict comes most um, uh, difficult in me internally is that idea of Zionism and that ideal of reclaiming our land and Jewish land and the importance of that and then the, the human factor. Not the security, but the human factor. The fact that you have a couple million um, More. Palestinians, again, not the, the right the, uh, the demographics, but a couple million, 2.5, some say, some say more, some say whatever, but uh, people who who should really have rights to this land. Yeah. Well, and, should have rights. And, should have civil and legal rights. Right, exactly. I mean, to forget to the land. I mean, yeah. Well, that's what I meant to the land. Yeah, I meant rights what, to rights in, in living. And so when those two things come in conflict, I don't know. Well, I can't. I, it's very hard for me to say that the my historic right should outweigh human decency. Well, that's part of the right? demographic thing um, I was talking about. When you mentioned Hebron, for example, and, and the demographics of Jews versus Palestinians who are living in that area— like at what point, what's the tipping point? Let's say it was a 50-50 split. Would you then feel more comfortable or less comfortable um, between sort of taking away the rights of, 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 of one group or if it's a 75-25 no, no, but split? I think it's easier for me. Again, I'm not making any grand statements. I'm saying the things that mush in my head because I don't have, uh, and some days I feel this and some days I feel that, I'll be honest with you, because it depends what happens sometimes. But if I look at Jerusalem, the importance and centrality of Jerusalem as the capital of the Jewish people um, and say, okay, well, I can include, I can include a city like that that has, you know, 
35, 40% Arabs, 300,000, 400, you know, 300, 400,000 Arabs versus Hebron, versus Hebron, which is um, overwhelmingly Arab. And even though it's an important Jewish historic site, it's not as central. Um, and it's, it's, uh, so that, that's where, that's where it plays to me really. And in, in, in real life, you have to make real choices, right? To me, Um, the question is, can somebody, in other words, can somebody be somebody who says, I can't imagine giving up the cave of the patriarchs and also be the kind of person who says, I can't imagine not, not allowing the, if Zionism is a movement of self-rule, that believes that every people should be able to control their own destiny. Can Zionism continue by removing that self-rule from millions of people? Right. Is that sustainable? And part of sustaining that means that they may have to have sovereignty over the cave of the patriarchs in Hebron. So can a, can a person hold both of those ideas in his head and not know how to resolve them? I mean, I think that that's where I live. <laughs> I, I honestly think that's where most... Uh, most Israelis live probably. I don't know about most Jews in the diaspora. I think that I think that you have people on extremes of the far right or the far left who have picked one side and abandoned the other, which I don't. I, I consider uh, balance more healthy, and even though it leads to chaos, it's actually more harmonious because it's it's accepting real reality. I I, I fear that in the diaspora, it isn't that people have chosen one or the other, but. Just because they are disconnected, they don't understand one or the other. Right, and I think it's also easier when when you don't live that reality day in and day out that you can just make a much simpler, yes, yes. have a simpler position on it. Yossi Kleinalevi says, "I and most centrist Israelis are terrified of two things. We're terrified that there will be a Palestinian state, which will be like another Gaza Strip taken over by Hamas and a source for terror throughout the length and breadth of the land. The other thing that terrifies us is that there won't be a Palestinian state." And that Israel will be destroyed demographically by uh, by Arabs seeking rights in Israel, and therefore destroying its Jewish majority. Those are the two things we're afraid of: that there will be, and that there won't be a Palestinian state. And life is complicated, and to understand things, you sometimes do have to hold ideas in your head that that aren't comfortable together. But truth, it, it, once that happens, it's like you said earlier: are you confused? Then you're getting it. Sometimes when you when you notice it's not a paradox, but when you notice the conflict, you notice the complexity. When you notice the nuance, that's when you know you're getting to truth, and that's that's a that's an important signpost. Rather than something that should turn you away, I think it's an important signpost that you're getting it. Does that make sense? I think so. Makes sense to me. All right. Well, that's three of us, Ben. <laughs> Thumbs up from Ben. All right. Well. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, we'll wrap up here, I guess. Have an easy and meaningful rest of your fast. Uh, By the time they listen to this, they'll we'll have had. The listeners aren't, but I was talking to you. Oh, I can wish you. Yeah, I can wish thank you. you. Thank yeah, the listeners are already uh, well on the other side because we're recording on Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. and this comes out on Thursday. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Be well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, this is the part where I remind you that we are the JU Israel Teachers Lounge podcast. And it's also the part where I ask you to subscribe, to rate and review us, and to share and recommend us in any way you can. Also, we'd love your feedback so we can respond to you on or off the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks.